Don't know about you, but I'm excited to be up here this morning um, for multiple reasons. <laughs> uh, but delivering the word of God is something that uh, I've, I've kind of grown to love over, well, since the last time I did it, I was very afraid to be up here. So I just thank God for the opportunity to be here again. Let us just bow our heads. Father, we just give honor to your name and we thank you, Lord, that we can be here today to worship you and to uh, be here, Father, to celebrate what you accomplished for us in our lives. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, that you've paved the way for us to, um, to be blessed in such a way that means we have everlasting life to be with you. So, Father, as this word comes forth, I pray that it will be a sword, that it will cut all the plans of the enemy. And I pray that it will be a fire that will scorch all that is within us that deserve to be removed. So I pray that, Father, this word will come forth to those that need to hear it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Our past troubles us. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look back at my life and I look at some of the people, uh, some of the, the things that I've done, the people that I've hung around with. I look at who I am and who I used to be, some of the things I used to think, and some of the things I used to believe. The influences of my family, my friends, my health, my diet. Sometimes these things were, and still can be, completely at odds with how God wants us to be. Then we hear about Jesus, who he is, what he did, how everything can be changed. Everything that we were can be changed. We make requests to God, we pray, and we uh, ask things to be different. How we can change to please him. The things that we can do that are are right by his standards. How we can honor him. We look forward to our futures with a sense of freedom and hope for what may come. And then reality kicks in. We start to suffer or we continue to suffer. uh, Due to a number of health problems maybe. Sometimes it's the influence of those around us or the choices of those around us. And sometimes it is by our own direct choices that we find ourselves suffering. This morning I want us to be encouraged that despite the fact that we sometimes fall foul of other people's actions, and sometimes we might even fall foul of our own and create metaphoric prisons for ourselves. Feeling maybe a little bit guilty that we haven't met God's standards, sometimes maybe even sinning. If we feel that our health has restricted our ability to fulfill God's promises, sometimes we may even look at our life circumstances and start to resent what we're going through. We might start to resent everything that God has done for us because it has brought us to this time that we are standing in now. But I want want to tell you this morning that God wants you to know that you can be free and free indeed. God can work the same miracles today as he did back in the Bible. So I want us to turn quickly to the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 1 to 16. We can look at the life of this apostle, and we can take this this example, this episode out of his life, and we can say, well, if it worked for Peter, how can it apply to us in our lives today? How is it that this miracle brought Peter out of a situation? How can it bring us? And how, how can we leave 
these things behind. Bible reads from verse 1, it says, Now about that time Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he, knew that, uh, because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had, had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly! And his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran instead and announced that Peter stood before the gate. When she recognized Peter's voice, sorry, uh, but they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Amen. This morning I've entitled this message, The Great Escape. I don't know if you know the picture. The picture's from an old movie uh, called The Great Escape. Uh, It's a very good war film. (laughs) This morning, the same power, the same opportunity that was available to Peter is available to us. There is no restriction on the miracle that God can work in your life to release you from a prison that you feel that you are within. Whether it be an addiction, whether it be a sin, whether it be an affliction from somebody else, God can free you in his mercy and his grace. All it takes is a few steps for you to follow to allow God to work his miracle. The first thing we need to look at from the, from the scriptures from verses 1 to 4. Suffering will happen. Sometimes it'll be at the hands of other people, as it was in this case here with Peter. He was living his life for, for Jesus. He was living his life for God, fulfilling the purpose of God for his life, doing the will of God. And yet, those people around him who he was trying to save took offense to the truth. They took offense to what he was telling them. And instead of listening to what he had to say and then being in agreement with him, they decided that they would imprison him. Now, what happened in Acts 12 is not disfamiliar to Peter. 
It's not the first time he has been imprisoned. If you look further back in the book of Acts, you find that he uh, was, was imprisoned several other times. And he was in fact beaten for delivering the messages that he was delivering in Jesus' name. So sometimes at the hand of others, you will be afflicted. You will be oppressed. You will be put down. You will be ridiculed. Some people might even take a disliking to you. The other, the other thing to look at is another example that we have from David. If we go to the second book of Second Samuel, chapter 12 also, verse 13 to 14. I think you're all familiar with the story of David. David uh, sinned against God. He had an affair with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, I think it was. And he coveted her, he, com- uh, he committed theft, he committed adultery, he committed murder. And in all of those things, a child was born. David sought God over that child's fate. And God sent a prophet, Nathan, to go and tell David, sorry, to, yeah, to tell David that to tell David that um, the child's fate was decided and that despite the fact that uh, he, was, he was asking God for forgiveness, the forgiveness had in fact been given, but the consequences of his actions, the consequences of his, of his sin were such that the child would die. So we have two different types of suffering here. We have suffering at the hands of other people And we have suffering by our own consequences. The actions that we choose, the choices that we make that will cause certain events to happen and certain consequences to occur. Now, we realize that Jesus went to the cross. We realize that Jesus paid the price for us. That he died on the cross so that we may be free, so that we may be forgiven. Yes, we have been forgiven. We have been given an opportunity of everlasting life with God in heaven, with Jesus. But the consequences of our choices have not all been taken away. In order for us to understand the wrongs that we do, God still needs to allow some of the wrongdoings, the consequences, to be felt. Praise God. But this, co- this causes us to feel what we call imprisoned. It, co- feel, it, help, it, it prevents us from feeling like we can develop a proper relationship with God, that we can fulfill his standards, that we can fulfill the real purpose that God has got for us in our lives. We feel that, as the scripture says, we are always falling short of the glory of God. We start to compromise. We start to say, okay, well, I'm never going to be able to be what God wants me to be. So therefore, I'll be as good as I can possibly be by, my, by what I think, by what I expect. And... God will have to accept that because I'm faulted. But that's not the way it should be. That is not what God is wanting for you. These prisons that we create for ourselves hold us back. Hallelujah. So the question is, what do we do? If we know that there are going to be consequences to our actions, 
if we know that sometimes we're going to do things that are wrong and God is going to forgive us for the wrongdoing that we make, then how come we have to feel these consequences? How can we get, a, how can we get out of that? How to escape? The first thing we need to do is to develop trust in the Lord. When we look at the scripture here, the example of Peter, what was Peter doing? Where are we? Acts 12. What was Peter doing? Peter was, uh, he was in prison and from uh, verse 6 it says, And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. He was bound with two chains. The first thing we need to do, the first thing that we need to develop is a, uh, is a degree of trust in God. That no matter what the circumstance, no matter what we're going through, no matter how tragic things might seem, we still need to trust in God. That his ways are better than our ways. The things that we do are not going to match up to the things that God is asking us for, for us to do. Where God is asking for us, us, where God is asking for us to go is better than where we are decided to go for ourselves. So we need to develop this sense of trusting in God. The book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, says that trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If you start making plans for yourself, if you start deciding the, the future that, you, uh, that is set out before you, you are going to lead yourself down a path that is completely different to how God wants you to live. Your standards will differ from those of God's standards. And you will start to feel restricted in what you can achieve. You'll start to feel that God is not moving in your life anymore. You'll start to lose the presence of the Holy Spirit. You'll start to lose the glory of the kingdom of heaven in your life. You need to be at peace. You need to be resting in God constantly. Sometimes we find that we're running around doing all sorts of bits and pieces, not making enough time to actually rest in the word, to rest in, in God's presence and allow him to, uh, to just bring a sense of peace. It's when we find that peace that we find that God can speak to us about our situations and can actually give us an opportunity to make things right again. Obedience to the written and the spoken word of God. This is something that is obviously very difficult for a lot of people because sometimes obedience doesn't really seem to make sense. A lot of the time when you feel that God is speaking to you, he's asking you to do things which are completely contradictory to how you would do things or how your friends would expect you to do things. You start asking God, you know, help me out of this situation and things will start to get worse and, you, and you'll feel that, how, how am I supposed to get out of this? How, how can I make this situation better? I can't do anything. I'm restricted. Every decision I make, every door that I try and create for myself, it's just not working. God will ask you to do certain things. The book of Matthew, when we turn to that, the book of Matthew says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the living word of God. If we don't spend that time, if we don't spend that time reading the Bible, reading the word, finding out what the situation uh, holds for us in the Bible, how we can behave, 
how we can remain a person of integrity, how we can remain honest, how we can remain um, uncorrupt, then we are not going to be doing things in a godly manner. The Bible sets our standards, the written word of God. And whenever we're going through a situation or a, or, or a crisis, whenever we feel that we are boxed in, whenever we feel that we are afflicted by people, whenever we feel that the decisions that we have made have, have caused problems for us, then um, we need to get back to the word and we need to ask God to reveal that word to us. We notice also that with Peter, he was, he followed the obedience. If we look at Peter and we look at what Peter was doing, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came down and said to him, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. The word of the angel was like the word of God. And the word came down and the word said to Peter what to do. Peter didn't even have to think about what he was doing. He just followed what he was instructed to do. And oftentimes it's when we start to question what God is asking us to do that an element of doubt creeps in and we start to fall away from the obedience that God is expecting of us. We also realize that from his obedience that certain events followed from the angel that allowed the the gates to be opened. That it wasn't by Peter's own work, it wasn't by Peter's own hands that he reached out and touched the gate and pulled the gate open. It was, the Bible says, that the gate opened of its own accord. If you want God to work in your life, if you want the Lord to let his miracles happen in your life, if you want deliverance from anything, you've got, to, you've got to allow God that freedom to work in your life. You've got to be obedient enough to allow God to work in your life. For the Spirit of God to open those doors. Do not be hasty that you make decisions for yourself but let God open those doors. Because the Bible says that if a God is opened by God, no man can close it. And if a, if a door is closed by God, no man can open that door. So we just, we look from what we see here, we see that, uh, that, that it was only after certain events happened. It was only after the, the presence of the angel and the obedience of Peter that the door opened. The other thing that we get from this scripture, from uh, verses 12 to 16, is what we call a secret, I called it a secret weapon. Friendships and brotherhood or sisterhood within the church for support and united prayer. Peter was obviously an apostle at the time and he was setting up many churches. He was going from place to place. And he got to know quite a few people. People got to know him. And he did his best to love everybody in Christ. And for everybody equally to love him in Christ. There was a sense of unity with these churches. He loved these churches with a passion. 
That passion, that love, that desire needs to be within the church today. That unity needs to be within the church today. The brotherhood and the sisterhood of the Christian faith. That needs to exist within the church. What was the church doing in his absence? What was the church doing? They were uniting in prayer. When they sensed that something was wrong, when they, got, when they heard about the fate of Peter, the church got together and prayed in one accord. There is something magical that happens. The Holy Spirit is released when the church is in agreement and seeks God and prays for the power of God to be released in a situation. That same power could be released in this church, in this community, if the church would come together in unity and, and, and one accord and seek God for direction, for answers to questions, for miracles, for healing, for a release from, from sickness and disease, for all of these things. But it needs to come from a unity within the church. There should be no segregation. If there was just one person there that was in disagreement, the whole, uh, the whole atmosphere for the Holy Spirit could have been ruined. It doesn't record that. But I'm sure that because God is a God of order, he would like things to be just so for his presence to come down and be felt by everybody. For the power and the authority of Christ to be there with everybody. And that is exactly what had happened here. The church were praying and they were expecting God to show up. They were expecting God to do something. Hallelujah. So the, the church united in prayer. And the Bible says when we look at Acts 2 and we look at verses 1 to 4, we realize then on the day of Pentecost, the church was together praying in one accord. And the Holy Spirit came upon them like a fire on the top of every saint that was there that day. Every person that was gathered seeking God in one accord, asking God for his divine direction, for the will of God, for the purpose of God, for their church, for their lives, for their circumstance, for their situation, for their sickness, for their healing, for their diseases, for their, for their pride, for their anger, for their lust, for their fury, for everything, every sin that they had. They were asking God, come down and change all of this. And this morning, the Lord wants to say to you, That it does not matter whether your prison, whether your circumstance, whether your situation is because of somebody else afflicting you in some way. It doesn't matter whether it is because of your own choices, because of your sins from the past, because of the, uh, for, for something that's happened to you when you were a child and you've carried that seed of hatred or regret or anxiety or fear. If you have carried that from childhood, the Lord is saying it does not matter one bit today. Because just like Peter, the Holy Spirit can come down and the angel of the Lord can touch your life and he can wreak havoc on the plans of the enemy because he can cause confusion in the camp of the devil. He can cause confusion in, in, uh, in the plans of the enemy. And the angel of the Lord will release you. That is what the Lord is saying today. You need to submit yourself to God. You need to develop trust in God. You've got to rest in God's peace. You've got to be obedient to the word of God. You can't decide what you are going to listen to and what you are not going to listen to. 
in when, when God speaks to you about your situation, about your life. When God sets a standard, his standard is black and white. It's engraved. It's there for all to see, for all to read. It says that no man shall enter heaven unless he, is, unless he goes in by Jesus' name. You cannot say that if I go and do good and I do all sorts of things and I live my life and be a reasonable person, I will get into heaven. No, that's not the way the Bible says you'll get into heaven. That is not the way that God said he'll deliver you from your sin. It's not the way that God would deliver you from your circumstance. God has said that the only way that you will be released is by my name, Jesus. The only way that you will be released is if you follow in obedience to my written and my spoken word. If you trust in me. Hallelujah. So we give honor and we give thanks to God, uh, to God for that. And we, with the friendships and the brotherhood, we should be trying to make friendships in the church. If you have not got a friend like Nathan, who, is, who was the prophet who spoke to David and told him that your sins are forgiven of you, however, the child is still going to die. The honesty, the truth set David free. It wasn't David at first who decided, oh, well, I, you know, I might just repent of my sin and go back to God. It was because of the truth that was spoken by Nathan. Surround yourselves with friends who speak truth into your life. Surround yourself with those friends and unite in prayer. And we see that the end result of everything that happened in, the, uh, in this, in this uh, prison story from, from the book of Acts It resulted in freedom. The power of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God freed Peter from that jail. Not by his own hands, not by his own efforts, not by the decisions that he decided that he would make. He didn't bribe his way out. He waited and rested in God's presence for God to say to him, this is how you're going to be released. Astonishment. At the miracles of Jesus. What happens in your life happens for a reason. And sometimes when you go through afflictions, whether it's by someone else or whether it's by your own hand. If God is going to deliver you, he will want people to know that he has delivered you. He will want people to be astonished and amazed and perplexed at how you could have got out of that. He wants people to know that it's not by your own hands, but it's because of your relationship with him, your trust in him, your belief in him. It's because that he is God and you are not. That is the exact reason why when those people were gathered together, they were praying and seeking God. But when Peter came to them afterwards, they were astonished. They couldn't believe that what they had been praying about had actually happened. They, were, they could not believe it. It's just an angel of Peter. It's, it's Peter's angel. It's not Peter. Um, we can pray all we like, but it's not going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But God is saying, no, if you pray in my name, if you ask for anything in my name, it shall be granted. When you pray for something, when you're asking God to be released from something, when you desire and hunger for something to happen in your life, when you want the fire of God to scorch all that is evil within you, when you want to please him and not please yourself, then you know that God is in your life. And you will be astonished, amazed. How can this happen? 
I'm, I'm a sinner. How can I stand here today? How can I be here today? I, I struggle to stand up here and give this word. I'm terrified of standing up here and speaking publicly. But I stand before you as a sinner saved by grace. I stand here because of the grace of God in my life. Because he plucked me out of a situation, a circumstance, a place where I was, I was ruining my life. My decisions. The things that I was choosing to do. The way I was wanting to live my life was destroying my soul. It was destroying everything that God had created for me. And it's the same for each and every one of us here today. The decisions you make, the way you live your life, the standards that you hold to, God is measuring it every single day, every single moment. The amount of trust, the amount of love, the amount of desire, the hunger, the obedience, the time you spend in the Word, the time you pray. God is saying, how hungry are you for me? How much do you really want to be released from your situation? How much do you trust in me to deliver you and perform this miracle in your life? Do you really want it? Do you really hunger for it? Are you hungry to be released? Are you hungry to be free? Are you hungry that Jesus will perform a miracle in your life? Because I tell you now, brothers and sisters, if you put your trust in Jesus, if you put away all things that do not stand for righteousness, then God will work those miracles in your life. If you obey the written word, if you obey the spoken word of God, if you, there's no use in praying and asking God for something to happen, and then when he gives you an instruction, you ignore it. If you ignore the instruction, God is only going to keep reminding you every time you pray, do what I told you last time, do what I told you last time, do what I told you last time. Until you do that last instruction, he is not going to make things happen. Praise God. So this morning, we want to know that the prisons that we create, the prisons and the afflictions that people have caused for us, if you hunger to be free, if you hunger to be released, and have that boldness, the courage, the strength, the audacity, then you need to call on Jesus' name this morning. You need that power of God in your life. And let me tell you one last thing, brothers and sisters. Let me tell you one last thing. If you have not given your life to Christ this morning, if you have never given your life to Christ, let me tell you, there is one judgment that awaits all of us. The consequence of your choice not to live your life for God will be a final judgment. You will have to stand before God and give account for your life. You will have to give account for the things that you do and don't do. You will have to give account for the way that you have lived a life away from God and all that he has created and all that he has called you to be. The sins of your life will be placed upon you. If you put your trust and your love and your passion and your desire in Jesus. Jesus went to the cross and took the wrath of God for you. He took the suffering. He took the pain and the anger. He took all of that so that you could go to God and ask for forgiveness. To be forgiven of all sin. To be set free from the biggest prison of all. Final judgment. So this morning, the saints be encouraged. That Peter's life was not in vain. That prison 
situation was not there just as a page filler. That prison situation was not there just to make Peter look good. That prison sentence was there so that you could be encouraged that no matter what you're going through, you can see that God can work miracles in your life. That you can see that if you just call on the name of the Lord, he will answer. If you unite together as a church and seek his face in one accord, he will answer your prayers. That the power of the Holy Spirit will descend upon this church, will descend upon the brothers and sisters here. So we just want to thank God for that. And the final thing is increased faith. Both the saints and God, sorry, both the saints and Peter would have been encouraged and edified by what they saw. It was there to bring them together, to unite them even more. A tripartite cord, brothers and sisters, and the Holy Spirit. They will have had an increased amount of faith that no matter what situation they go through, they will know that they can call on God. When they stand before people like yourselves and myself, they will be able to testify as to what God has done in their lives. God has given you all testimonies. He has given you all testimonies. You wouldn't be sitting here today if God hadn't intervened in your life in some way. And you'd be sitting here today giving honor to his name. So God has given you all testimonies. Use those testimonies to increase your faith. Remind yourself of what God has done for you. Remind yourself of those dark times when you have needed someone to turn to. And Jesus has been the one that you have called on. And he has shown up. He's turned up like the angel of the Lord. He just just, just, just descended upon you and prodded you. How many times does God prompt you and poke you? And how many times do you turn away and roll over and go back to sleep? Or how many times do you carry on driving? How many times do you strike up another conversation with somebody else when you know that God is prompting you to have a little bit of alone time with him? If you know that there is an answer and you think, oh, I should really read that scripture, I feel that that's in my spirit. And you think, no, 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 I'll read it later. God's prompting you now. If you want to be released, if you want to be free, if you want to break out from those prisons that you have created for yourself, if you want to break free from the prisons that other people have put you under, then this morning God is saying, respond to me. Respond to me. Put your trust in me and I will send you my angel and I will release you. I will release you. And you will be free. And the Bible says that whoever is free is free indeed. In Jesus' name.